This is Reese, and you're listening to the Point Music Podcast thingy. Hello, Reese from the Point Music News Podcast, and there's the camera right there. I got it this time. Um, really fun one this time. Big chats with Sydney's The Immigrants, um, and immigrants by name and immigrants by nature, but it's such an eclectic group of hard rock loving dudes who released a song called Saturday Night. You may have seen the article if you follow the point on uh, Facebook and the website. Um, it's it's a hell of a song, and I can smell the leather pants burning from here. It's so good. Um, great fun chats with these guys. So I hope you enjoy this one. Buckle in, ladies and gentlemen, people of all sorts, the immigrants. Ooh, that nearly caught the yep. The immigrants. How are we? Ah, Sydney band. It's been a while since I had a Sydney act on this one. It's been mainly Brisbane ones. So you guys, you guys have got a new single. Saturday night. Yeah, we just released it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Ooh. Yeah, hey, notifications. Boo. Yeah. Busted. It's called, uh, yeah, it's called Saturday night. Uh, we just released it there. What was it, a week ago? There so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A week ago, with the video. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did a music video release with it as well. A low budget, of course. That's but, the way um, to go. But, um, yeah, we, we we completed it. Seems okay. <laughs> it's nothing wrong with low budget, actually. Because um, I'm in several bands. I, I I actually play in swimsuit issue with Danny as well. So I don't know if you know that. Oh, nice, nice. Right. I know. I knew. I knew from your podcast you were in the reggae band as well. Yeah, I'm in barefoot. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. barefoot, barefoot's the expensive one. So that's the one that has all the, the expensive budgets to do stuff. Whereas swimsuit issue and the other band, we just do everything DIY, man. That's that's there's nothing yes. wrong with that. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you try submitting to Rage, they'll usually tell you the shittier the actual film clip, the more likely it will get played. <laughs> really? so that's good. Well, we have a good chance of. I mean, if it's if it's pretty so bizarre many. and really shit, it's more than likely going to get played. So many at three no, at three a.m. at three a.m. Yeah. Right. We can't even remember doing. Oh, oh! I thought Zen was getting up to do a piss break. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> Thank God, Zen. We were trying to train him, man. You know, it's very very difficult. Hey, no. the better, man. You, you can't break bad ha- old habits with bass players. It's just the thing, right? You can't train us. We do our own thing. Mm. Yeah, very um, stubborn people. No, we're not stubborn. We just we just know like what we're doing, and we don't like. We being, have our own thing. Yeah, we don't yeah. like we don't like being told by guitarists what to do. That's 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 the thing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. We listen to the drummers though. That's all right. Um. I was, yeah, I was actually a little bit surprised when I heard this song for the first time, to be honest with you. Not not in a bad way. Just um, was not expecting that full pelt, like, hard rock coming out. So where's this all come from? I don't know. How do we answer that? Yeah. I, I suppose when, with, with Saturday Night, um, I came to the guys with, with, the, with the initial the riff. Mm-hmm. And I basically went in and, you know, said, like, I suppose I said, look, I, I think I got something here and, you know, played the riff and then it just took a, on a life of its own after that, you know? Um, so I think with, with all the ideas 
I think the song was pretty much finished in a in either that day or a couple of days. Yeah. And then yeah, it was pretty quick. Suddenly we just wanted to record and then it went into kind of oh, what would how could we achieve the big sound that we were looking for and mm. um, from a product from a production point of view and I suppose Nazo you, you could speak on that in terms of like we knew what we wanted. We knew the sound we were going for. We knew we wanted like a catchy, powerful chorus kind of influenced by like you know the kind of motorhead vibe and the kind of like some of our influences because we've all got various different influences yep and they come out in us in different ways um and i suppose that's the beauty about the band being the immigrants is that like because we're all from different cultures and we all have various influences that are different but we've also got very very similar ones mm. which kind of attracted us together and um, once we start playing a song like that it's like we're just all we all know where we're going with it and then, yeah, it just got to the production. And then we said, like, how do we achieve this, this massive sound that we're looking for and kind yeah. of bring back that kind of rawness um, that we all kind of long for, you know? It's, it's a pretty chunky song, to be honest with you. I actually, because um, I've started doing these haiku reviews and I actually did one for you guys, which will come out in the next couple of days, just so you know. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Nice. Um, um, good or bad? Yeah, it's always it's always good, but I always take the piss if 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 it's something that stands out to me. I've only got five, seven, five the syllables to come up with stuff to explain the sound. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to say what it is. You'll have to wait till it comes out, basically. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's very. Yeah, it's very riff heavy. Saturday night's very riff heavy and chunky. So I'm I'm assuming there's got to be a Les Paul in there somewhere. No, no, really. no, we don't no, have no. Well, no, no. I, I play a PRS. Oh, PRS. Um, yeah. PRS, so it, it has got a, a, yeah. a bit of chunkiness to it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a, a strap. Strap, yeah. 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 And I think it's the, it's the tweaking of the sounds and stuff yeah. like that. We, you know? we, like, we, it took us, like, the song was, um, we wanted to release it in January. Yeah. Like, the, literally. Like, we had this song for a while now. But it was just that uh, we were never happy with the sound. Mm-hmm. Like the song was recorded in January, mm-hmm. end of January, because everything was recorded at my home base studio, the Happiness Studio, and yep. like everything was ready. It's just that I always had something that didn't like in it, you know, like mm-hmm. some one, one part, some parts Darren didn't like, yeah. was in it. but like always like that, and the mainly was the guitar sound. And I've recorded the guitars um, at the start, um, um, Darren's guitar with the PRS. And um, he had the access effect then, then we recorded with Axe It sounded yep. awesome. Yep. And at the time, I, I was I only had my analog gear, the Mesa Boogie, mm-hmm. just like your regular rock uh, sound, you know, like the analog distortion pedals. And after listening Darren's uh, Axe effects, I was like, wow, this yeah. is like it sounded it sounded much better. Yeah. Even though it's not traditional traditional uh, way to record a song like that. I was like, you are in, we, we are in 2021. Like, you, Everything's you are changing. Expected to do, yes, it's changing, yeah. it's changing. You are expected to do something like clear, more, much more clarity. It's like all that, all that sounds that you get from this new technology. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to buy Ax, uh, to, to go Axe FX. Yep. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, man. I, I hit his pocket. Because, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the, to be honest, I always wanted to have access flex, but like um, the version that Darren got was in my budget. I was like, that's it, I'm getting that one. And yeah. he, he encouraged me. I was like, we waited that, we re recorded that, we re recorded the bass with access flex. And yeah. like, we always wanted 
Yeah. yeah. So we never changed the song arrangement. We always uh, extended the date of the release just to get the sound that we wanted. Yeah. And yeah, yeah in the end we got this big song. It was, like, sorry, it, was it was kind of like fate because like like initially we were happy with the song. The song actually sounded good, mm. but there was just something there that we just felt like this could be a little bit better. Just in our in our own minds, and then like even though everybody was happy with it and were willing to say yes to it. We had a bit of an honest conversation, me and Naz, and I said, "Look, look, mate, I just, you know, I, I just think there's something that we need to do here." So we did go back, and and it was really good that we did because other things changed because yeah. of us. That like, one of them was the guitar. Yeah, yeah. like the, the 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 initial recording of the guitar was the original one for the analog yeah. gig was stayed like that as well but the solo check sorry i forgot this the solo that i yeah. i had to re-record it because i just wanted that better quality you want to clean up it made you play differently it made me yeah. play differently and yeah. uh oh like during that time we never thought it was the guitar sound or the bass mm-hmm. sound we yeah. always thought that oh maybe the song needs something modern in it we tried a lot yeah. RPGator stuff like synthesizers and things. It wasn't us, but it yeah. wasn't us. Like we, in the end, we just wanted just raw instrument, like literally four instrument, yeah. classic rock. rock instruments, yeah. but produced yeah. produced in twenty twenty one. Yeah, exactly. We just wanted it sound like every instrument that we wanted to sound the way we wanted it. But in a twenty twenty one, you know, this song is made in twenty twenty one. Yeah, and the good thing as well is like when we went back to the bass, and I know it broke. Or Zen's heart here, but we said to we said to Zen, Zen, you're gonna have to come back in, and we don't want to just play the same thing. Mm-hmm. We want to look at different ways of playing it to bring out that bass, to you know, yeah. bounce the bass out in certain parts, etc. So we actually changed the bass as well. So as a knock-on effect of wanting not perfection, like we're not in pursuit of perfection. We know that like perfect is not perfect. Exist, yeah. But the thing is, we wanted to be satisfied with ourselves and satisfied for any of our fans or anybody that actually listens to our music and enjoys it. That we did the best we could with it, and we did re-record. We changed, did a chromatic scale in the bass and everything. Felt that led into the chorus better as yeah. well, or into the verse. And uh, yeah, we were so glad of the changes, and we're really happy with the the actual the single now. Mm. Not only the the song, mm. but we went and you know we, yeah, we, we went hell for leather with the video on a low budget, of course. But we did the best we could. And everything that we do, we try and do the best we can. Twenty twenty one, you don't need massive studios these days. Oh, you don't need massive to do the things that can be achieved. You're not going to like. You just need to have an idea, mm. a mindset, and do it. And it's, you know, surround yourself with good, talented people yep. who want to achieve something and you can give to them and they can give to you, you know? Look, don't get me wrong, we tried to support another artist in terms of like the girl who uh, videoed the music video. She was willing to do it for free, but for experience, but we did give her, we did pay her what we could yeah. because we know that it, it matters to us as well to be actually like, you know, kind of appreciated for the work that you do as well. Oh, and not yeah, only yeah. that, we. Yeah, we we did well. We even got the um the, the we did the artwork for the the you know we 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 staged the um the photo shoot and everything. We directed that with the with the photographer and kind of got the whole the, the shot that we wanted as well for the front cover and everything. So from kind of concept to completion, we were kind of I think we we're really happy with it. Eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um. Was there a, a wall of guitar technique that you adopted? Because it's pretty fucking thick. Um, it was it, it was a wall of guitar, but I've, I had I, I did use multiple tracks. Obviously, stereo. I always record uh, left uh, yeah. separate, right separate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I put uh, 
even do- I doubled that up. Yep. Um, like I, I just use different pickups um, or ask Darren to use yeah. different pickup or yeah. some, even sometimes yeah. I go for different, sound, uh, yeah, different cab sound. Because in the past we used a lot of uh, cab simulators with mm-hmm. uh, uh, tube amplifiers, but we add we just add torpedo or like a, yeah. just a universal aux uh, unit. But uh, yeah, this time wasn't it was more um, the, my guitars um, left and right, uh, just a very massive uh, there, and also Darren's guitar. We we playing very similar as well, but. Yeah. For this mix, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard our, uh, the other songs that we've done. Uh, quick uh, Spotify. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, that was. I didn't feel that it's it, it's a good. Uh, it it has to be guitar heavy song. I uh, this one. I, I felt like mm-hmm. like it's it, it it is. It's it has to be yeah. the guitar. It has to be up there with the vocal. And I guess I guess with the riff, the way like Nazo plays the riff a certain way, and I play it a certain way. If we're actually to go side by side, we play it like slightly different the two of us. Yeah, I, I play right, he play wrong usually. <laughs> <laughs> he meant he meant he plays right hand and I play left. Yeah. <laughs> Either way will work, right? Yeah. No, no, but what I'm trying to say here is that, like, when I play it, it sounds, the riff sounds the way I play it. It's just the same as any guitarist when they, they have their own kind of sound and way to play it. Mm-hmm. But with Nazo, he plays it a certain way. But when you put the two together, we felt that it did have that kind of oomph that we were looking for. And then what what else could we do? And just as a backstory, Reese, you might not know, but, like, so, obviously, we write and record and produce everything ourselves. But Nazo is a producer, so... He does all the production yep. on everything, um, but obviously everyone else plays and we arrange and what have you. That's why, but yeah, like uh, Nazo does all the production for us, and then we get it. Usually, we either master ourselves or we send it out for mastering. In this case, we got um, Leon Zervis to to master, which is a well-known mastering. I've engineer used Leon before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He helped. He helped a lot to bring uh, bring up yeah. the mix that I, I wanted uh, to bring. You know, the very focused on the mid range guitars, and it, it was just like literally what we wanted. He knew what we were looking perfect. for. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah, the whole mixing. That, as, I mean, I, I'm assuming you mix too, Nas. Like. Yes. Yeah. See, yes. I I hate I, mixing. I mean, I'm happy producing because yeah. I produce. I help produce with Danny with swimsuit, and I produce Mills, the other, another band that I'm in. Um, that stuff. But um, yeah. I've tried mixing, and I, I spent basically eight months mixing an album, and I've basically given up, and I just hand it to a mixing engineer that I'm really happy to use now. And yeah. holy shit, the songs that come back, I'm just going. Oh. Did you? Did you? Were you mixing this uh, the album that you produced as well? Yeah. Were you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, See, that's the yeah. thing as well. Like, I'm not uh, mixing swimsuits. Yeah, that's what I uh, like. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not a big fan of that as well. Yeah. Uh, like to, uh, uh, if I'm writing a song or performing or producing, to also mix. Yeah. But in our case, I've, like I've, we've we've tried before to have a different mixing engineer. It just it was harder for me to explain what I want from the mixing engineer yeah. than yes, yeah. yeah. English, 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 English is not the greatest. Exactly. So, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. We I do play the right part. We, yeah, yeah. 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 And generally, we need to have a translator with NASA twenty four seven, so that he doesn't offend someone. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, if I bloody Irishman, man. Tonight, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, it's just like I couldn't. I I just 
after that I couldn't trust uh, like our song only yeah. only our song to give but uh, I, I thought mastering to do it, to give it to someone else yeah, helped a lot always fresh ears yeah, for mastering man like I, I do yeah. not agree with the producer mastering most of the times just... yeah yeah like, you're too close to it yeah, you know? yeah like, you're very you close exactly yeah you exactly. can't perfect your own mix no like your own yeah. mix is your, your best you could do like yeah. how can you yeah. let it and, and that's what I'd love I'd love to you know if we had the money as well if we had the budget we you know put it out to a, to a like a, a well known or well accomplished mixing or producer and stuff why like that. are you not happy no, no, <laughs> sorry man I didn't want it to come out like this oh wow but, no, but punch on just because punch I'm not on. anything Let's I'm not well known anymore <laughs> But I think I think that like if you take because we're so close to the songs ourselves, yeah. like maybe a producer, someone outside of the band would pull something out of us that we don't didn't know existed. Mm. Yeah. I think that's what I think that that having that outside ear, I think could benefit, and that's where it does benefit so many big bands and what have you. Easily, you do get too, yeah, you do get too close. To I, agree, you know? I agree. I agree. Um, we love the stuff, but we, we do get too close to it. I think you do need that sounding board outside of the band. And if we did have the money, we probably would do that. And maybe you just take a co-production or, or even producer and then let them mix it or something. You know, because I see you're always involved, so you can always manage it. Mm. But but you can trust another person because we don't know everything. We're learning as we go, you know, kind of like we're, we're, we're doing this. Uh, but by the seat of our pants kind of thing just like doing what we can when we can yeah. and uh, doing the best we can it's we don't know if it's right but it sounds good to us so far you know so hopefully the the, the, the listeners agree you know yeah uh, i was well you were just talking about um the whole axe fx things going back to that so would you be adopting that for for live shows now now, now that you've, yeah. yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes yeah. it depends. It depends on what the gig is like. For mm. example, we had a gig yesterday that had a, already a, a PA set up, everything ready, good, and um, th- that's where we decided it's a good idea to mm. bring X effects. Mm. But for example, we have in Sunday we have another gig that. They, it's, I don't they have like they don't have enough channels. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's a bar gig. My top. Yeah. yeah. So we have to bring analog. Yeah. Me. Me and Nazo both have like we both digital and analog boards. Both small boards, big boards, different. I think the analog thing I'll never get away from it because I love the creativity of plugging in different wires and getting different sounds and messing around with components and stuff like that. And um, but the 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 ease of use of having like the, the kind of I suppose the possibilities are endless when you're tweaking sounds and what have you. You can you can kind of go down the rabbit hole and spend a lot of time on it. But Way too if much. you have a sound, yeah, if you if you have a sound in your head and stuff like like Saturday, like Saturday night, I I played around with a certain sound that you know that I felt that oh, you know what I, I I want this this is the sound that I want you know and it took a while different cabs different amps different sounds different tweaking everything but then the beauty of being able to save that then and then show it to Nazo and Nazo go actually this is this is this is great and then so much so that he then developed his own sound throughout doing the same process and now we've got two guitar sounds on there that are pretty much you know you'll never see them duplicated again because there's so many parameters to change plus like we use certain analog effects in with our digital effects as well so for instance, Nazo has his own custom distortion 
which he actually runs through the axe effects as well. Yeah. And then the axe effects colors it with different different yeah. things, you know? Like, yeah, so. I think that's, like, for now, that's my, uh, like, favorite uh, sound. Like, I always wanted to have a, a sound uh, that I can play live and get exact same sound and go to the studio and record it. Same exact sound, uh, sound whenever I want. I always had the trouble with that. I've tried a lot of plugins. I've tried a lot of um, like digital pedals. It's just I couldn't never do it because what's, uh, the problem is when you're using tube amps and analog pedals and all uh, your analog yeah. rigs, it sounds awesome when you're playing live. Yep. But when you come to the studio, every time will sound different. It depends how you mic it, how it was uh, like. Even it depends on the temperature. Like it's it's so much like the way you play. Everything you change it, and I always hated that. And that's that's the main thing I like about the Axe I have my own sound, always gonna be that sound, no matter where I go, which studio I go, which venue I go, you know? Mm. Um, as long as the sound engineer didn't forget to put the EQ flat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, yeah, which, which, happens, which happens a lot there. Well, I think, Reese, with the way, the way technology is gone, yeah. it's, it's got to that point where it has surpassed, it's gone past that threshold where it wasn't sounding the way everybody wanted it. And now it's starting to transition into sounding the way people expected the sound or actually you really wanted to get that, mm-hmm. that type of sound. So it's only now that we decided to, to look at those options, whereas before, like, Jesus, if, yeah, if, if you see my studio, I have pedals everywhere, you're not going to like that. And I love it, and I'll always, I'll always have that, you're not going to... But as Nazo said, when you get up and you can recall those sounds and everything and give the performance that you always wanted, yeah, it's like with all the sounds that you originally recorded with and what have you, like the same guitar sound that you hear on Saturday night, like we play it live, you know, it's the same two sounds, you know, so it's, it's, it sounds really, really close to the, to the track, which is, which is quite good. It has that beefiness and what have you. Sometimes you don't always get that. And when someone's micing up your amp and it's mic'd up a different way than you actually normally do or what have you, you know? Well, that's yeah. why I always travel with the Sans amp. I swear by them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what rig, bass rig I'm going to be going through depending on yeah. where I'm touring. So. Yeah. Been encouraging Sans to get one of those. Do it, man. With a bass. bass um, I'm using the fuss pedal now. Well, <laughs> no, well the, the Sans app actually yeah. acts as, as a fuzz pedal, well, a distortion or overdrive pedal if you, because it's got a drive channel on there if you want to use that. But there's plenty, like the Dark Glass ones are actually really good too. Yeah, the Dark Glass are expensive. Do you use it though. with a cab? Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. You, yeah. With a cab, yeah. uh, like you can use any cab, yep. right? Like, the, 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 I basically bypass the preamp in, in the um, in whatever head I'm using. Yeah. So I'll put it through like the effects loop out, and that's how it's supposed to go through. And it actually bypasses the preamp and whatever amp, and it will have the tone of the Sans amp, which is the tone I want. And and I usually I usually, sorry. No, no, sorry. Well, I usually get the sound engineer to basically di out straight out the Sans amp. So I use the cab as a um, fallback for myself on stage. And they can control whatever sounds at the front. So if I can't hear myself on stage, I can turn myself up on stage and I'm not pissing off the sound engineer. Yeah. Yeah. But you're pissing off your abandonment. No, I don't care about that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't care about that. Jeez, Reese, I hope that the listeners are pedalheads now because we're going very, very. You'd be surprised now. by how many of them, like, yeah, yeah, they're into that sort of stuff. Sweet. But Lucas, did your drums change at all during this recording process? I'm really not understanding anything that you guys are saying. <laughs> Just wanted to 
<laughs> just wanted to put that out. Uh, <laughs> the drums changed a little bit after a few a few live um, gigs that we did. Yeah. And then when I found whatever I wanted on every single um, spot of the song, I was like, that's it. I'm not changing anything anymore. So from the second day, like right after we, we rehearsed the song for the first time, mm. I went to his place. We recorded the drums like very roughly so everyone could like you have a bed track um, practice on it. Yep. Yeah. And and then I kept on listening to that and like kind of making tweaks in my head. And then we kept on playing, obviously. And then I got to a point where I was like, that's it. I'm not changing anything. Mm. A lot of times, that's the way the songs come out. Is as well as that, like we we kind of we come up with an idea and then we we kind of just showcase it and then just road test it. Yeah, yeah. Until we and we're still finding our feet with the song and basically just coming up with shit like <laughs> on the spot. On the spot. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And we all yeah, and we always record everything, so we always skip back to what whatever was good. Mm. And the way I see it is, if I get a smile out of the band, or if we get excited or something, it's always a oh, positive. Oh, ta moment. Yeah, it's a ta moment. It's like, wow, that's it. You know? just sing it. Yeah, exactly. But we always, we always know there's a feeling between the band that, yeah. oh, shit, we like that, you know? That's that chemistry that happens. we keep yeah. that, you know? That's the beauty about technology as well. We were, because it's so easy these days to record everything. Mm. Once you get it, you don't have to try and remember it. You just flip back to it the next day, make sure you know it, and then you know. It's one of the worst you things when you when you're jamming out something like I, I know this happens in in my band Mules, because um, the singer Nathan he's got thirty plus years of singing experience, and the drummer's got thirty plus years of drumming, and I've got twenty seven years of bass playing up my up my sleeve. So we'll just gel. And um, we'll just jam out something, and then we're just all of a sudden just going, fuck, did anyone record that? So then we'll go through and try to record it again, and it just misses that freaking that, that yeah, spark that that's, just that's captured. Yeah, I hate that feeling. Sometimes you can't beat, you can't beat the demo. It's nah. just like, it's very hard. Like, it happened where our track run is like, I recorded, I don't know how it happened, but like, I recorded it on this, uh, it was true logic, but it was true this shitty little interface. I recorded it um, through some pedal that I was using at the time. I couldn't even remember what it was. <laughs> and for some reason, when I played it, the riff, it just came out. And I recorded it straight away. And it, it, it was we were trying to achieve the same sound mm. for so long. And it took us like months, didn't it, before we were actually happy with the final sound of Run that it was just that arpeggio in the way that it was recorded with certain compression, delay, um, a little bit of distortion, uh, a little tiny bit of chorus. I was trying to reverse engineer how I did it. I couldn't remember. Happy accident, you know? mate. Um, oh, exactly. But uh, to be honest, I still love the demo. But I'm I'm really happy with the the final track. Like you know, to me, like well, it took so long to actually get back to that. You know? I thought you were gonna say uh, I like the demo more. I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. It took, it took, I like it it took like two months to get to get him happy, and now he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's sometimes there's sometimes cases yeah. where the the demo is actually used again as basically part of the bed or like part of the main track. I mean, one of the most famous ones I know of is is John Farnham's The Voice. I don't know if you know the story, but you know you know the song The Voice, right? That vocal you're hearing is actually yeah. the demo track. Wow. Yeah. Because he he actually. I've heard this 
Yeah, go on, sorry. Well, he actually, like, when he did that demo, that's when Glenn Winkley, the manager, the time, uh, his manager, long-time manager, basically pitched it to the studio and they said, yep, go and uh, pitch it to the label. And they said, yep, get him in the studio right now. And they went into the studio. Glenn Winkley remortgaged his house where it was to pay for the studio time. And they were in there for ages. And then he got the phone call that John was done doing this track. And he came in with a bottle of champagne, ready to pop it and listen to this track and think it was gold, gold. And he listened to it and he's just gone, what's this? And it, John's just gone, what you wanted? And he goes, no, where's the spark? Where's, where's all that? And yeah, they, they end up using the demo track, the demo vocals and remixing that. And that was the song that was released. Cause, yeah, I think there's something... Yeah, there's something when you come up with a song or when you start writing a song and there's an idea for a song that you're straight into the moment. Mm. You know, you're in that kind of, in that space, whether it's a dark space or a light space or somewhere in between. And I feel that when you're writing that, you can't help but have the emotion of the song. That's right. So that's where the demo is easy to snap that and capture because you're so immersed in it. What happens is you leave that space then after a while and then you try and recreate you're it. trying to perfect it. It's very hard to enter. You're trying to perfect it. You're trying yeah. to get back in. You're thinking about so many different things, but you're not thinking about the true reason you were there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's why I find when I do a demo, it is hard to get back into that. But I've, for me anyway, I use little um, uh, imagery in my mind or something to do with the song that brings me back to it so, so I can snap into it, forget about everything else. Especially with vocals and what have you, when we're trying to do vocals, yeah, the whole reasons behind the song—that's the trick. If you can, if you can figure out how to get back into that space, then you can, you can complete it, and you will be happy with it. But if you keep thinking about everything else around that, trying to, you know, think about sounds, how I did this, how I did that, a lot of it doesn't really matter. You know, it's mm-hmm. just about getting into that emotion of it, whether it's emotion in your fingers when you're playing the the guitar parts, or it's the actual vocal where you're trying to achieve that tone or that kind of deepness in your, in your voice or the meaning behind the song. Very hard to achieve that. Yeah, that's oh, what a demo. I love yeah. the demos. I love songs. So you were saying like way back at the start is that, that Motorhead was a bit of an influence on this sort of um, this sort of track here. With the wall of sound, particularly the wall of guitars and that, there's only one album I can think of that comes to mind that can perfectly capture the, their live sound onto record. And if you listen to the record and hear them live, it's exactly the same. And that She Heads General Electric. If you know it's, the album. It's one of Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And it's, it's actually, I have, uh, I use a lot of songs from uh, from there for uh, as a reference. reference? Yeah. Not for this song, not for this song particularly, yeah. but I have used it before just because I like the guitar sounds. Oh, there. And, um, well, he yeah. uses well, one of them like, uses a PRS, and there's um in it. I'm pretty sure. I think um the main guitar. I'm not, not, sure. not I John. Don't, I don't know what they were. Yeah, I just love it. What was the reference track we used for Saturday night? So normally we talk about this like, oh, it's like Martin Crew. Yeah, no, no, uh, I use the Guns N' Roses. Uh, <laughs> oh, thing. Well, uh, welcome, welcome, to the welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Um, and also, um, what did I use? I use Nickelback. 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 Um, because there's yeah. a um, the Disney Wars from Nickelback. I really love the guitars as well. So I, I use different uh, reference. Uh, you know, that's a swear word, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> using Nickelback as a reference, but 
The guitar tone Nickelback actually does. I actually, well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's that's actually, why I explained why. It's pretty I, good. So, so no one judge me. Right? <laughs> now I love Nickelback. I don't care who, who hates them. I love Nickelback. Um, and um, yeah, I think these are the two main uh, reference societies. Yeah. 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 I've used Motley Crue before. Yeah, like, we, that's yeah. right. We used to use Robert Dean and Sting. Yeah, we always talk about different songs that I suppose bring out a certain feeling. Mm. And like we actually have a new track, um, we haven't uh, we haven't actually recorded this. We haven't even actually spoke about too much about going into record this one yet. But very motorhead, which is kicking yeah. kicking a dick. Yeah, kicking a dick. It's like yeah, it's just it, it started off as a bit of fun between the the band. Like I came up with a a bit of a a, a bit of a riff and what have you, and then suddenly just took on a life of its own. And we've never had so much fun playing something, yeah. and we just felt. My God, just man, that, Lenny like, would love this. You fast, know? fast rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just so enjoyable and it really captured. We, we recorded it and what have you, like just the, the rehearsal and that. Yep. And we just felt, God, we got to get in and do this. But definitely, reference tracks will have to be more ahead all over. Oh, Ace of Space straight away. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I did some um, like Instagram stalking of you guys and I want to ask about the, the photos that were taking at the live performance in the square. Uh, yeah, do you, you want to... Uh, so, you want to talk about which one? Or just the busking stuff? Yeah. So, just yeah. the busking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so, look, look, what happened was... Um, like, look, I mean, we're not really a busking band as such in terms <laughs> of, like, um, we're a rock band, man. You know what I mean? But what happened was um, we were we were trying to get gigs and venues, and obviously COVID mm. hit, and it hit us hard. We were really taking flight. We were playing the Annandale Hotel to 150, 200 people. Nice. We were getting ticket sales. We were selling merch. We were doing well, and to be honest, like, we were having, you know, great gigs. And then suddenly it all just stopped. Yeah. And we just, we just felt like, what do we do? Like, we can't get gigs. We can't play anywhere. So, uh, you know, I've an engineer in background, so I, I, I'm not an electrical engineer. I'm a mechanical engineer. I have a degree in mechanical engineering, but I had a little bit of an electrical knowledge. And I said to myself, well, why don't bands play in the streets? And a lot to do with, it's a lot to do with the, actually powering the tube amps, et cetera. Yep. You know? Actually, power you'd need to actually do all this and what have you. So uh, I did a bit of research, looked at what I'd need and what have you. I basically just got the gear together and then I said, look, lads, why don't we hit the streets as a small, do a small setup, basically powering everything, tube amps, the whole lot. And they thought I was mental. <laughs> and, and then we just, we just hit the, we hit the fucking streets and like, to be honest, people loved it. And it's actually helped us pay for, you know, recording now. And, you know, it's, um, it's helped us with our Instagram and uh, pay for the video, music video. And no no like problem so, with the popo or anything like that? Oh, a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. but not. <laughs> we've been shut, mate. We've been shut down more than that we played. <laughs> Actually, honestly, God, we have we have been shut yeah, down. So, but we've... I don't blame them. We are yeah, shut down. Yeah, we yeah. are. <laughs> Yeah, we're not that loud. You should be using that as no, marketing no, material, to be honest with you. Okay. Now, in fairness, now we have been shut down by the police, <laughs> but the good thing is we, we know them quite well, and they know us quite well, so they know we're not going away. Yeah. So they actually allow us to play. <laughs> now, the police... There is, like, you, you really get yeah. uh, very, like, a very small amount of, like, really, uh, like, bad uh, experience with yeah. the police, but usually they're like, oh, we, we had an experience one time. We weren't too loud. Oh, well, we were loud, but 
the reason that they wanted to shut down because we were playing somewhere that our busking license is uh, not permitted. Not valid. Yeah, not yeah. valid. Yeah. And uh, well, these two the police place. officers <laughs> come uh, over there standing, and I, I'm I'm looking to Dana. Here we go. We gotta like that's it. We gotta yeah. stop. Uh, they're gonna yeah. come stop us. They waited us to finish our set. And we're like, we're going to have a break. And they came with like, guys, you guys can't, can't play here. But the reason we didn't want to stop, because we were having fun. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, oh man, that's amazing. You know, yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, we had to stop it after that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because like one time we were playing in Newtown and these two officers, I could see them across the street and they, they, they noticed us, you know. And then they, they started coming across walking really, really fast. And here's the band playing, and I turned around to Naz and I said, here's the police, they're coming, they're coming. We need to lower the volume or something. And they're just, like, marching right towards us. And as soon as they get right in front of us, they take out money, throw in the money, ah. and then just stand there watching. And we're just like, thanks, lad. <laughs> so we've had some really good experiences. We were shut down at one time when we, we, we were asked to play a party and um, basically oh, it was a private yeah, party. Yeah, that's parties, man. That's yeah, parties. that was so cool. <laughs> oh my god, mate. There was there was they had a helicopter they had they brought out the, the they had a full squad. I, I we oh. thought like we're doing the biggest crime of the year. Yeah. <laughs> two 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 vans a chopper, two vans a chopper, and there's about eleven police officers. Yeah. Why and are you not filming all this stuff and using it for a goddamn film clip? That's we do we can't release it. <laughs> <laughs> Just blur your faces or whatever you gotta Years, man, because that'd be but epic. The party, the, oh, I swear it was epic. There was only 30 people at the party initially, and everybody heard us play, and the, the, the party just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. It got to over 200 people, oh. I think, at some stage. During COVID, it over 200 <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I'm gonna stop that. So, the police actually said to us that we, we could continue playing it just if, the, number was if yeah. the number was down. So, when the people left, we started playing again, but then everybody started coming come back. back. <laughs> and, uh, it got out of control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But all in all, Reese, if I'm honest, the busking has helped us reach people that we never thought possible before. Yeah, and sure. it's helped us actually get through COVID and it's supported us in a way. Yeah, we play a little differently in the street and we play different songs and stuff like that. We choose to, you know, to, to play, I suppose, not we, I mean, play all our sets and stuff like that. But Couple covers or stuff. We, we throw in covers oh, and stuff like that. Wrong with that. I love covers. Yeah, we, and we keep it, we keep it fresh by, you know, rearranging the covers, rewriting them and stuff like that to mm. our own style and that. So all in all, busking has helped us. But now the good thing is COVID has got better, especially in Australia. It's got obviously a little bit better here. Which means that, like, we have a lot more gigs, which we have four gigs this month, you know, kind of, or sorry, four gigs in May. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. Like, that's more than we've had for a long time. So, you won't see us on the streets that much if, if we're going to have venues. We much prefer to go to venues, obviously, and play to bigger crowds and big, you know, with using big PAs and mm -hmm. actual purpose built venues for music, you know. But, but the busking, I, if I'm honest, it's, it was a lifeline to us during the, the COVID situation. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, that's the ca case of, of adapting. Like, a lot of musicians had to find other ways of adapting to generating the art of the income or um, exposure or whatever it is to, to whatever they could yeah. do. I mean, some took to basically producing and releasing singles even though they couldn't be gigging. I know that I did that. 
Some were yeah. doing, some started Patreon channels. Some were doing live live streams, yeah. which are a pain in the ass. But yeah, um, and then yeah. you guys yeah. doing that. So. No, when I found it, I was boy. Yeah. yeah, I did that one. See, well, that's what we we decided to record our EP then as well. Yeah, that's yeah. Why a lot we did. That time, but it just after a while you get like. You know, like this, we you you miss playing live. Yeah, you you want to play? Play live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's feeding off the audience. It's that interaction. Like last now that... time when we were playing, we were we just as soon as we got on stage, we were just different. Yeah, we were back to normal. You know, yeah. we're yeah. just like we're different to how we normally are. You know, so when we got on stage and we just performed, and the interaction between the audience, even though it wasn't it wasn't a major big crowd ranking, but it was great interaction. You know, and it's that feeling. And mm. um, you, you can't replicate performing live and every time it's different you know it's not the same kind of experience you know whether it's good bad or indifferent you know i mean everybody has a great gigs and then not so great gigs you know kind of but it's just playing live has something different about it and oh, it's definitely. addictive you know um, i'll start to wrap this up now because we're actually getting close to 40 minutes believe it or not oh well oh wow really? um because you guys are sydney based but we're we going to see you guys coming up over the border anytime soon you think it all depends on COVID, I guess. Well, it's open now. <laughs> now, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> no, I think it. No, oh, I thought you meant out of No, no, no. Up, up, and, up, and, up here, Queensland. I'm such a coast. One step at a time. No, certainly, <laughs> certainly, to answer your question, yes, definitely. So we're actually up in Byron Bay um, in late May. Mm. So we're actually starting to branch out. Of just we're starting to go and kind of grow out of Sydney a little bit because we've been on the Sydney circuit for a long time. Yeah. Um. So we're starting to we're we're in we're in the central coast in Yamina in Woiwoi. Sorry, yeah, yeah Woiwoi. We've got a gig. Um. And then certainly we're talking to um to some people in um in Queensland and that in terms of actually going and, you know, maybe talking to some other bands and doing a bit of an exchange where, you know, we go there, they go here, yep. you know, and we put on some nights here and get a few bands like yourselves or whatever like that just want to come visit mm. and we'll put you up and, and help out in the same way we'll hopefully do something there as well. But yeah, the, the aim is in the next few months is certainly cross those um, state borders and start kind of growing, growing our market, I suppose, and, you know, growing our fan base there, hopefully spreading the word of the music. And seeing if people if people dig it. Sick. Well, mm. we'll wrap this up. Um, hopefully, we'll see you over the border soon. Uh, stick on the line here because I'll have a bit of a debrief with you, and I'll tell you a few things as well, which you might want to know. Um, yeah. But for everyone else, ladies and gentlemen, and people, everyone else, this is the immigrants. Thanks, lads. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you. As I always say, I sincerely hope you enjoyed that one. Um, seriously, big ups to the immigrants for, for jumping in on this podcast. That was a lot of fun. Uh, do check out the song Saturday Night. A uh, lot of fun. And keep an eye out for these guys. If they happen to come over the border and head our way, which they're promising and threatening to do, which should be pretty cool. Stay tuned. I'm going to take a week off next week because I've got a lot of stuff I've got to get done. But um, if you haven't checked out the TikTok channel that I set up, Go have a look on there for all the haiku reviews that I've been doing. And, uh, yeah, um, first time listening to this, follow and subscribe. Do all that sort of jazz. And in general, thank you for supporting um, the podcast um, and for supporting local music, live music, Australian music, all sorts of music. You guys are legends. Cheers. Cheers.